Hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> I'm here. Welcome to this week's episode of Hello and Adieu. We're so glad H-A-A. you are joining us. I've never us. done that before. He's never done that. H-A-A. I think I just get inspiration in these intros. That's a good one. H-A-A. Okay, we got it. We'll do it next time. football cheer. I don't care. John, tell them what we talked about in this week's episode. Okay, guys. First of all, you're going to have to prepare yourselves emotionally and spiritually for Mathis' story this week. This is Mathis true. was... You, you have to listen to it. Mathis was supposed to be filming. Things went haywire, but he still went to Mexico. Let's just say there was glass broken, things stolen, and Mathis <laughs> was almost a ward of Mexico. You have to listen. <laughs> Anyways, then we talk about uh, Beauty and the Beast, and there was an image of Lumiere and Cogsworth, they say, Cogsworth, right? Cogsworth, yeah. Um, that we get into, and we also talk about Stranger Things Season 2, which is coming out. Woo! We that was a thing uh <laughs> we have two emails that we talk about one from our friend andrew and the other one from our friend grant and yeah. we talk about things like debt and finances and how we should regard those things and we talk about the bible and finances you guys just oh got it tune in so yeah enjoy the episode you can contribute to uh the next one and many more to come you can email us at hello and to do at gmail.com that's h-e-l-l-o-a-n-d-a-d-i-e-u at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter we're going to be posting fun stuff all throughout the week that's at hello and ado. and you can rate subscribe <laughs> and review us on itunes and that'll help people find the podcast plus it makes us really happy when you do it and it warms our hearts because we like yes. when people like it we like Anyways. it i don't care i love it, I love it. enjoy it yeah Well, hello, John. Hello, dearest Mathis. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, doing I great. How, I know how you are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just address the elephant in the room, Mathis. Um, this week, I, we were supposed to record with Anna and you yeah. in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. And right now... You are not in Mexico. No, I am not. And I did go to Mexico, but Spill I'm back. the pinto beans. Bill, the pinto beans? The pinto beans. You know how when you're at Chipotle, black or pinto beans, anyone, Chipotle eaters will get it. I'm a 50-50 guy. I asked half black, half pinto. Wow. Did you know you could do that? You know, I didn't. You can do everything at Chipotle. That's why it's the best. Agreed. Continue. <laughs> so... So I already went to Mexico, and uh, what happened right before I was supposed to leave, you know, like we recorded our last episode together, and I talked about the whole plan. Well, things got immediately uh, shook up because a bunch of random thunderstorms just showed up right over the entire place where we were shooting, and a cyclone came up right off the shores, and it was literally hitting in the place we were shooting during our shoot, and unfortunately there was nothing we could do about it and we have 
to move the shoot now and we're still figuring out the dates it was so heartbreaking and so devastating because i can only imagine and and you know how long we've been working on this movie like yeah the worst part is that everything's done you know like we have to pick new dates but like there's largely everything's done we're gonna the the nice part is that there's a few things we would have liked to perfect before we shoot and we, we can perfect those but at this point it's more of a waiting game than anything and we're gonna be waiting until it looks like november which sucks yeah yeah i know it's the worst yeah but i think what sucks about that situation is you were gonna leave the next day for 10 days that's right i forgot to say that like i was leaving found out next yep I was That's leaving the next day and I'm disappointed for, for you. I can only imagine what it feels like. You're so excited to get this thing done. Uh, yeah. And the day yeah. before, like, I feel like if it was a week in advance, you'd be like, okay, you know, this sucks, but at least I have time. Oh to, yeah. But it was well, the night before and mm-hmm. it's just not fun. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was one of those things where like those few days leading up to the day when, where we got the bad news, I was working so hard outside of work. Right. You know, I was like, I was like, we have days to have everything ready. And we well, were and like, you had cranking so many changes in production that first, that right. week leading up. It was like, what else can yeah. go wrong? Which is a great lead in <laughs> to the <laughs> next thing. <laughs> what else can right. go wrong? Let's all take guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone just mentally, mentally take a guess of what could possibly go wrong. Anyone? Okay. I have an is- idea. Oh, Mathis, you, you in the back. With before the hair. I go, before I go, Steve, before I go things? into, <laughs> before I go into what I being there, what led me to be there was that we decided that there was still enough to do there that I decided to still go. Like I hadn't yeah. met any of the crew yet and I had not, um, I had not seen any of the costumes. I had not seen any of the locations. So I still went and I, we, we did a lot of productive stuff. Like we have such an amazing crew and now I've met them all and it was amazing to hang out with them. And we saw all the locations in like this 13 hour day. It was insane, but we saw everything and it was all magnificent. And while I was there, I mean, we did a lot of great stuff too. It was a really fun trip overall. And Mexico has got so many amazing places Mm -hmm. in it. But outside of having fun, when we were not having fun, and when we were not doing movie-related stuff, I was on another journey. Yes, I was on another adventure. The unexpected in journey, right? Yeah, this one was this one was pretty Middle Earthian, that's for sure. Yeah, it sure out. felt like it when we were in the middle of it. But <laughs> I I land in Mexico, and uh, our producer Anna picks me up, and I jump in the car. We've never met each other in person so we're like chit-chatting and we you know i've been in the country like 30 minutes and she's like hey do you want to stop and grab some coffee and i was like yeah that'd be great mind you i land at like six in the morning it's a red eye flight i'm tired she's tired we're groggy we pull up to one of her favorite coffee shops and she's like this is one of my favorite places and i was like great so we, we jump out and we're walking up to the place. No one's in the parking lot. It's the sun's just breaking. So it's like early daylight. Mm-hmm. Nobody's out on the roads. We, we walk in, we order two Americanos. And while we are taking, like making the order, a car whizzes into the drive, not drive through, uh, parking lot up next to Anna's car, smashes the window, 
grabs my backpack and flies out of the parking lot. In this, I don't even like what <laughs> in in like no joke 15 20 seconds like it's, it is so fast they are do experts. Do you think they John. were following you from the airport? Literally everyone I tell the story to says that and that was one of our one of our Cause, theories. Cuz if they knew exactly where your backpack was, I mean Right. They could have broken any window. Why your window? Why, you know. No, they broke hers and climbed through and grabbed mine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and they still did it that fast. That is effort. So yeah. they didn't, like, honk the horn on their way and like, me, me, me. Yeah, I know, right? That would have been the best. Like, get out of the car! And then I run out there and I tackle him and I beat the heck hey, out you, of him. Hey, you guys, let go. <laughs> let go of my backpack. You throw but, your hot uh, coffee on him? My yeah, exactly. Eyes. So someone in the parking lot runs into the coffee shop and they're like, is someone's uh, car out there? Uh, Someone broke into it and stole something. And like I said, nobody's in this parking lot. So Anna's like, oh my God, and walks out there. (laughs) It must be us. And I follow her out there. There's glass everywhere and my bag's missing. And Anna looks up and she turns to me and she says, Mathis, what'd you have in that bag? And I was like, well, my camera's in there. All of my SD cards are in there. You know, everything I use for my cameras in there. My iPad's in there. The same iPad that Your last episode that iPad. me me and John did together, I was <laughs> super pumped about. That iPad was in there. Uh, a few other things, like my old iPhone before I replaced the one that I have now. And my passport was in there. No. No. El pasaporte. So, yeah, el pasaporte. So... We look at each other for a brief moment. I start laughing hysterically, and I would have had a Anna... panic attack. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> well, I'm stuck like, in Mex- Mexico for the rest of my life. Like I was telling you, at, in that moment, I decided I was like, I'm not going to freak out about this because we have to solve a problem, and good for I you. I can't be freaking out right now. So Anna's like, I'm calling the police. Call the embassy, <laughs> and I was like, Okay. So she calls the police. <laughs> I get on the you phone call with the, the embassy. embassy. question how did you find the number for the embassy well i just googled it yeah but i call them and i'm like hello i'm an american my passport was just stolen i just got to mexico i need some help they say the embassy opens in an hour call back then (gasps) okay (laughs) why would they even answer the phone like what's the point i don't think they were like fully operational at that point i sound like the death star personnel we are not fully operational Yeah. yeah but um they shouldn't but answer I was the like, phone then. Yeah, that's true. But still, it's more it comforting. Like, no. John, it is it is more comforting than, they won't answer the phone. What do we that's do? That's true. You know? It just keeps ringing. So I turned to Anna. I'm like, it's, um, they said call back in an hour. And uh, she says, okay, the police are on their way. Uh, Anna has uh, uh, Mary show up, actually. Mary's the next one who shows up at this point. She, you know, she's like hanging out with us until the police get there. We throw my bag in her car, you know, my my luggage. And the police officers like ride up and, you know, they got their they got their notebooks and they're uh, taking an interview with Anna, asking her what's happened. And she's explaining everything to them. And they turn to me and they like say something in Spanish. And I was like, no, I was like, what did they say? She (laughs) says, they said, don't leave your bag in the car. No, this is too so, good. So they gave me the, they gave me a mom answer, and then they continued on their way. And they said, okay, well, you're going to have to go to the police station. 
to uh, file a police report because you're going to need to bring the police report to the embassy to get an emergency passport. So we're like, okay, so we have to take this car to the to the police station. So we like cover, we get as much glass out as we can, and we cover up in cardboard boxes what we can't get out. And so we jump it. in the this car. So it's me, Mary, Anna, we're in the car, we're on the way to the police station, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. We get to the police station, and it is a riot. There are people everywhere. Like, we end up parking in the in the overload of the overload of the parking lot. Like, there are so many people here, and we park, like, in this, like, muddy, like, swampy, like, dirty <laughs> spot, and we, you like, jump out. over. Yeah, exactly. I wish we had a boat, but we jump out and it's all like sloshy. And yeah, exactly. And we're like, okay, let's get to the the police station. And we're walking there and there's like dust clouds in the air because there's so many like cars and people moving around. Like, it's just like crazy. And, you know, like we're shuffling through all of the hectic activity and we get into the police station and it's packed. Like, it looks like Black Friday at a Walmart. Like, there's people everywhere. And my heart, this is the moment when my heart starts racing. Not because of the situation per se, but just there's so much like energy in this police yes. station that I was like, oh my God, like I, I need to get away, but I can't. So we walk up to the front counter and- you Just picture the counter being really high and you guys really small and you're like, um. I wish it was, that would have been better. Maybe I'll say that the next time I tell the story. Okay. But um, we walk up to the counter. Hi, I'm an American. Oof. My passport was stolen, and I'm the next person in line because I'm an American. Wait. Crazy. Say it again? So I walk up, and yeah. I say, I'm an American. I lost my passport. Is this like the and line before the line, like at the DMV, how you like? It is, yes. So it's a line yeah. where they like direct you to at the counter? Exactly. Okay. But I, I understand but I, yeah, so I walk up and I'm like, I'm an American. I lost my passport. They they direct us to where we're supposed to go, and we're the next person in line. Like, wow. we are we are in an interview immediately. And I was like, what? And Anna was like, it's because you're an American. So like lights we, come on a disco ball, and they're like, this way, America. <laughs> no, John. Are you Jennifer Lawrence? <laughs> yeah, close enough. Yeah. So so we walk in there and we give the whole police report and she writes it all up and she's like, you need to bring this piece of paper to the embassy. And we're like, okay, got it. So she gives us the piece of paper and we're out and we are, and we meet up with uh, Anna's uncle. We get a different car and we, we're on our way to the embassy and the embassy is in a town called San Miguel Daliente. And that's an hour and a half from where we're at. And we're like, okay, this is the embassy that we have to go to. We're on our way. We're like calling um, to confirm things, you know, like it's consulates transferring us to other embassies. But we're talking like, you know, like it's a bunch of just phone games for like the half of the trip mm -hmm. there or not half of the trip, like the first 20 minutes there. And we we're like confirming with San Miguel. OK, we're supposed to be coming to you. And they're like, no, 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 no. This isn't the embassy that you're supposed to be coming to. So we pull over to the side of the freeway like, wait, it's not. And they're like. No, you have to go to the embassy in Guadalajara. That town is three hours from where we're at. And no. we were like, oh, okay. So we have to go there. No, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yes, that's the embassy you have to go to. Uh, okay. My, my friend's an American. He has to get back to the U.S. on Monday. Is that going to be possible? Uh, probably not. He should probably change his flight tickets. Well, why isn't, why isn't it going to be possible? 
Well, you can't get a passport on the weekend. Mm. Oh, okay. So what? Uh, you know what? Are, what are we doing? Okay. Well, you need to change your flight. You need to change it for Tuesday or Wednesday because that's the soonest you can get out of uh, the country. Probably, you know, like you want to give yourself some cushion time in case something happens. You're going to show up at the embassy at 7.30 a.m. on Monday. And you're going to bring them that police report that you have. And you're going to file for an emergency passport. Maybe they give it to you that day. Maybe they give it to you Tuesday. Maybe, like worst case scenario, they give it to you Wednesday. It all depends on the person and the attitude and, you know, like... It's it's all very temperamental. So we're on the side of the freeway, and we're like, okay, I need to call my employers because I'm not going to be back, you know? And I call them, and I'm like, my passport was stolen. And they're like, you've been there for an hour, you know? Like, you <laughs> yeah. just got there. You're like, let me tell you and about I was, my hour. <laughs> I was like, it's been the longest hour of, you know, the year. It's been a very long hour. Uh, so that's like... That's like the first, that's the first half of the passport journey. Uh, You know, and after all of this happens, we do have a great time. Like I was saying at the top of the story, this is, this was a great trip. And this is one of the best trips I've been on, mind you. Like it's, it's very funny that this is, this is the trip that the passport is stolen on. But, you know, like we, we have some fun on, uh, you know, that night and the rest of that day. Uh, The next day we, we go to the airport and we're like, hey, we're going to the embassy. Do we need to get any forms from you saying that I have lost my passport? And they're like, no. Okay. (laughs) So the next day uh, is our location scout. So we're gone for like 13 hours, you know, and and it's like like around midnight when we get back home. And we shower up. I pack a bag. Our bus to this city is at 2 a.m. So, you know, I shower up from the location scouting, jump on the bus, and I see the face you're giving me, yes. And you're like, why 2 a.m.? Well, John, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's, it's a three-hour bus ride. <laughs> it's a three-hour bus ride. and So 5 a.m. when they're not open. <laughs> right, but the only other option would be to go at 4 a.m. And you would much rather take a bus at 2 a.m. than 4 a.m. I guess that's probably true. Because you'd be driving through the streets at 4 a.m. You know, you wouldn't want to risk it. It would just be terrible to, like, fall asleep, wake up, go to the bus, sleep some more. But That's it is true. the safest thing to do, with. you know, like exactly get it over with. And in case anything happens, let's get there as soon as we can. So we get there at, you know, 2 a.m. We jump on this bus. It's a three hour ride. We're we're out like a clock, you know, like boom, gone. Wake up. We're in the city. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping in the bus station like a sad American just slumped over. <laughs> yeah. You know, waiting. It's you know, we land, we get there. Not, not we land. We uh, we get there at like 5 a.m and and like we get to about 6 a.m and it's like okay we're gonna go to the embassy now and we we get a taxi and we're on our way to the embassy and i turn to anna and i say we we have we have to fill out forms you know like we have we have embassy forms to fill out i have to take photographs of this passport like what's the plan and and she's like we'll figure it out when we get there okay sounds good i'm not gonna argue at you know this hour in the morning but we we get to we get to right outside the embassy. We jump out of the car, and there's a guy standing on the corner, and he's like, "Are you an American?" "Yes." Uh, "You here for the embassy?" "Yeah." Um, uh, "You need documents filled out. You need your photograph taken. Anything like that?" "Yeah." "Okay. Well, we have a little uh, store right over here. You know, a little um, office where we can do all no, that stuff for you." "You did not so, follow him." "Of course we did." So we walk into a this random office. stranger on the street. 
by the I embassy mean, who's trying to con you? <laughs> no, John. This come isn't into a con. my little store, Matthews. This isn't a con. Okay. Okay. We Can't walk in. The, end of the story. There's there's a row there's a row of uh you know dead like people. offices. Oh. Yeah, dead people. Exactly. <laughs> there's a row of offices, and these women are working on these computers, and they're helping a bunch of people in this like pop up shop sort of environment. And and we walk up to this desk, and this lady sits us down, and she's asking me and Anna all these questions, and she's like pounding out these forms. Boom, 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 boom. Fills them out in like 10 minutes, prints them out for us. Anna sends her like a scan of my passport, my plane ticket, boom, boom, prints them out, takes my photo, puts it all in an envelope, like puts it all in a folder, hands it to us, tells us the four things we need to tell the embassy when we walk in if we want a passport <gasps> that day, and sends oh. us on our way, and we pay her. It was so fast. Like, That's it was amazing. unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So it's just like, boom, does everything for us, tells us, like, say this, say that, say this. So we're like, okay. So then we walk up to the embassy. I go to the American entrance and I'm like, there's I'm an, an American, American entrance. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sort of, uh, uh, segregated based on like which nationality of people they're helping at the oh, embassy. Okay. Oh, right. Cause, cause it is, cause it inside is the U S embassy, but there's, they're helping different nationalities at different parts. Right. Of it. Okay. You know, cause like there's, you know, there's Mexicans there that are in line for travel visas, for example, and right. that would not okay. be the line that I would be in. Um, so I walk up and I'm like, I'm an American. Uh, I need an emergency passport. Mine was stolen. And the guy like gives me these skeptical eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait a moment. So he walks, he walks away from like this box office type of window, you know, like it's got the little, the little yeah. slot down below where you can pass paperwork can barely, through and it's, you can barely get like a dollar bill through it. You can't fit your fingers yeah, exactly, through Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your change and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> it takes you like 30 minutes yeah. to like and pick like, up all your quarters. So I see him like walk into the further back into the room and he's like sort of conversing with his friend, you know, like they're like mm-hmm. talking to each other. And the other guy walks up to the window. What do you need? I'm an American. Oh. My passport was stolen and I need an emergency passport. He gives me the same skeptical look. Hmm. Fill out this form. So he grabs this form and I was like, I just I just got these forms filled out and I show him in my, you know, my my folder what I filled out. And he's like, no, fill out this form. So he hands me the form. And I'm like, okay, you know, I like squeeze my hand into that little slot like you were just yes. saying. I grab <laughs> yeah. the form and I'm like, you guys have a pen? And they just stare at me. No. And Anna's like, here's here's a pen. So I take her pen. I'm like, great. So I'm filling it out. And they're like, no, no, no. Fill it out across the street. Okay. What? Okay. So I walk across the street and I'm like, all right, you want me to fill out the form across the street? I'll fill out the You're form like- across the street. What do I care? <laughs> so... I, I'm like filling out the form with all my information and then there's a box at the end. What do you need? I'm an American. <laughs> passport. My passport was in my backpack and it was stolen through my friend's car which was broken into a few days ago. I need to be back in the US no later no. than this date. I have things I need to do and I need your help. So I walk back across the street. I hand them the form. The guy has the same skeptical look. Hmm. What was this guy's name? I don't know. You'd be surprised how many people at the embassy did not speak English. I was like, no. How, this is my refuge. I'm an American. What would I do if I didn't have you guys? And I was in an emergency and, and, and you didn't speak English, you know? But I, um, so, oh, so then he takes the form and he's like, okay, wait one moment. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of like post up against the wall and he's like, no, no, no. Wait across the street. No. I'll signal you. Okay. So me and Anna, we go sit down, like, 
like lonely high school students on the curb, you know, and we're just like waiting what's gonna happen. And then the guy like gives us like the signal. <laughs> and we like four yeah, finger, he just like, like waves his hands. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so we walk back across the street and he's like, Okay, you can go in. Leave everything outside. So I give I give Anna my bag, I give her everything in my pockets because I can't bring anything in, including my cell phone. Take off your clothes, yeah, just take it. He's gonna yeah, say exactly. I have to take it off. <laughs> I just walk in naked. Yeah. Um but I you know, I walk in and they give you like the TSA type of check and yeah. and then they like let me into the embassy. And I oh. go into this waiting room and it's like, you know, it's seven thirty in the morning. So I'm the second person in line, you know, like it's like boom, yes. up. So I jump up and I give him all the paperwork that I've just had filed and I'm like explaining the situation and the lady's like, Wow, I'm sorry, that's terrible and I was like, Yeah. And I'm playing I'm playing like the low key scared American. Like I'm not As you I'm should. Not, I'm not shaking or anything. But yeah, you should. Because these He's guys like, sweating. like <laughs> exactly. Multiple people have told me by this point that the embassy is temperamental. And if I want my passport that day, I need to be very delicate in how yes. I do things, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm extremely calm with everybody as I'm walking into the, into the embassy. And I, you know, <laughs> I go up to her and I'm like, yeah, my passport was stolen. I just got to Mexico. I have to be back to the U.S. by Wednesday. But she's like, okay, let me see what I can do for you. Uh, go pay for a new passport. So I pay for a new passport. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wait about 15 minutes. Someone's going to call you up for an interview. So I'm sitting in the room waiting for my interview star wars is playing on the tv in the waiting room so that's that's a sign yeah that is a sign it's it's like the luke skywalker theme too so i'm like feeling the hope right you know you stand up yeah exactly yes obi-wan yes obi-wan do this is that you (laughs) like sir go across the street so then the (laughs) so then on the intercom mr glover to room 11 so I walk over to 11. the to the room. It's my favorite yeah. number. <laughs> hey, and we're going to talk about Stranger Things in a, yes. in a few minutes. There's so many. So I walk over. <laughs> so I walk over to the you know the room with the eleven on it, and I walk in, and it's a small little room, and there's like this this piece of glass separating me from this other American fellow who's uh, interviewing me. He's like asking me everything, and I'm explaining the whole situation to him, and I'm being super calm, and he's like, "Okay, we're going to hook you up in the emergency passport. It's going to be good for." Uh, three months. Make sure you file for one as soon as you get back to the United States. Uh, come back at 3 p.m. to pick it up. And I'm like, mm. all right. So I, you, you know, like I walk five. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hit the glass and I'm like, no, put your hand up there. Yeah. Put your hand yeah. up there. High five T- it. Touch me. T- touch me. Come on. Come Damien. on. Damien. Damien. Touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he was a Damien. But I walk I out and know. I'm like wandering the streets, you know, looking for Anna. I don't have my cell phone on me. I'm like, hello. <laughs> Where <laughs> hello. are you? But I, I find her, we're hanging out for the rest of the day, so you know, killing time. We're seeing different things in this city. It's tons of fun. Like I said, this is a great trip outside of God the side you. journey. I, I just can't I was not going to, John, I was situation. not going to let this ruin my trip. And there were so many things that did not let it ruin my trip. You are an like, inspiration to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we walk back in and they let me in immediately at, uh, you know, 3 p.m., I grab the passport and we're out skis and we're on a bus and we take another three hour journey back to <laughs> you just walk out of the building the, the wind blows away your passport you're like shut no. your mouth <laughs> shut your dirty mouth so and we then you walk back into that guy he's like mm, <laughs> go across the street yeah exactly 
and then my passport's sitting over there. So then we get back to the city where, you know, like, where uh, base camp is, where we've, where most of the, the trip took place. And um, a few days later, I leave the country, and everything uh, turns out oh okay. Oh, goodness. But it was, it was, that was amazing. amazing. It was amazing. I just feel, I don't even know what I feel. Just to say, it was a great trip, and I am really looking forward to going back. Just but don't. Remember what the police officer said, Mathis. Don't leave your don't bag in the car. I got it. Idiot. <laughs> don't be an idiot. That's don't what he wrote on my forehead as he exactly. walked away. With the stamp. Yeah. <laughs> idiot. Yeah, he stamped it on my forehead. <laughs> uh, that was a great story. That was amazing. It is a, it is a really good story. This is know? one of those stories that like just blew, like it went so fast. I was just enthralled. I was like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I listened on my plane ride back. I listened to our podcast from yes. last week. It was it was awesome. I thought it was really I'm good. I'm glad you liked it. I had a great time, and I think Zach I could had tell. a great time too. The one thing one thing that really stood out to me from it was his comment about C.S. Lewis and Tolkien talking. Where C.S. Lewis, before he came to Christianity, was like, "This all sounds like a myth," and Tolkien said that it was like the one true myth. Yeah, I was like, "What? Like that's." The, the reason why I thought that that was really profound was because um, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast and a lot of where we're both at in our lives is we're, we're rationalizing what spirituality is and we're trying to figure out what is like the, the truthful thing, what is like Absolute grounded, truth. what is reality. Yeah. And basically Tolkien says, if it sounds like a myth, it's because it like kind of is a myth. But this one's actually true, which is like an incredibly bold statement. And I'm not saying that it's it's. Yeah, do you remember what true. I said after? Yeah, I think you were like, <laughs> "How can what? you say that? Like how? Yeah, yeah exactly. Everyone yeah. says that about their own religion, you know. That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did just sort of like start thinking about like, what if I did die? Well, I mean, I will die one day. Spoilers. I'm gonna die. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm going to die in my movie. Whoa. Everyone's going to die in their movie. Ooh. Whoa. That's a tweet. That is, <laughs> is a it? tweetable quote. Maybe not. In my <laughs> mind it is. But um, I just imagined dying and going to heaven and finding out that it was all real. Like everything oh. was very literal. Like the whole Adam and Eve story is exactly how it reads where there was like one man and one woman and... They were the birth of humankind. I'm just being told, like, no, that was all real. Like, I was like, I can't even imagine that, you know? Like, uh, yeah, I can't either. That'd it's very hard to imagine it being yeah. it being exactly that. Even even the story of Noah, like being told that that was all exactly how it happened, and yeah. being like, and then well, and then the other part about it being one true myth is that then like an angel or God himself tells me like, and none of the other ones were right. This is like the right one. I was like, can't even, I really can't even imagine it happening. Interesting. Very, so what does that it mean was very, to you? I, I don't know. That's why, the reason why it was so, that's why it was so profound to me. Because like I was saying, we spend so much time trying to figure out like, well, the important thing about the creation story is this, you know, well, the important thing about the yeah. flood is this. Well, the important thing about any of the Old Testament is this. And what Tolkien was saying was like, well, that's all true, and you just have to accept that that is, that that is the, the true way. And I was like, that's basically, I don't know, that's like that's not even what I focus on at all about it, and that's why it would just 
that's why it was kind of blowing my mind because I we don't spend a lot of time literally saying like no it is a myth at least yeah. the people that I talk to don't very much interesting yeah. I feel like you're almost doing spirituality a disservice by focusing too much on those types of details you know what I mean whether or not Noah the Noah story actually happened I almost feel like you're doing a disservice right. by focusing on it well um, and because ultimately we cannot know you know and, you can only have faith if you want to believe it or you can just take from it what you want and and that's that's what I, I meant by the the rationalization part where like w- we spend all of our time talking about talking about how like spirituality is kind of bigger than those facts like whether those are yeah. real or not that like I I had not thought in a long time like what if that all actually is real like I'm at the point in my life oh. where it doesn't really matter whether it's all real right you know like I'm okay if the Adam and Eve story is literal and I'm okay if it's a metaphor and I'm okay if it's if it's just Noah sort of like writing down a, me- a bedtime story and it's like and that's right. what it's like you know I'm like all right well that's that is what it is so like I I hadn't really like put myself in the position where I was like no this is exactly it like this is a myth and it's a real myth yeah that's, and what, so that's, what's what's interesting to me then is looking back on the other myths like especially like the Greek Greek mythology and being like you know these people really thought that all of their Greek gods and everything that they did really existed it's, and it's like yeah it's really interesting the evolution of myths and kind of w- like where right. in the world you live depends on what type of mythology you believed or grew up with i find it fascinating and i kind of love it yeah i love it too and i love i do love the idea of calling it a myth because well it is that, i mean and it's not myth nowadays means you know fact or myth like true and right. false but that's not what right. we mean by myth you know, myth is just, you know, this story that's been passed down for generation generations, both exactly. by mouth and by, you know, it's almost, exactly. um, what's the word? It's almost, it's almost immortalized through the, uh, going through the generations of mouth and written like any mythology. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I think people are afraid to call it a myth though. You I know? think so too. And I, and that's why I, I just like how, how boldly Zach said that and how boldly Tolkien yeah. said it originally. I was like, wow, people do not call it a myth. And it does, it does help you understand it in a different way. If you're like, whether you want and to it, call it a true yeah. myth or a myth, it's like, and it's very it's, magical. It's I mean, if you read exactly. it, how it is, it's, it's, it's very much that. a myth. I, I mean, looking at all the other mythological stories, it's very much mystical, especially is, when you got yeah. like Adam and Eve, you have the Noah and the flood, you have even Christ's right. resurrection is very Lazarus. There's tons of magical elements to it that someone that yeah. didn't grow up in the faith could be like, wow, that's very mystical, very magical. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Let's do a few movie things because some stuff did happen this week. Yes. All right, John, you get to pick what we start with. Do you want to start with a good thing or a not good thing? Uh, let's start with the not so good thing. Okay, so... Then we can end on a good note. I'm so glad... So I'm so glad that we are on the same page with what we're about to talk about, because this is something that I need people to be on my page about. <laughs> so the, I saw it first because Ian McKellen tweeted it. I don't know how you saw it, yeah. but Ian McKellen tweeted a production still from Beauty and the Beast, and it is a uh, like a mid-shot on Cogsworth and Lumiere. And I was so underwhelmed by what they looked like and we talked about this before we jumped mm-hmm. on here and i was like did did you see it 
and you didn't know what I was going to say and I didn't know what you were going to say and I was like it's yeah. terrible and you were like and I was oh, like good. oh thank god cuz I was just going <laughs> to lie and say that I liked it if you did <laughs> but I really And then didn't. I yelled at him because I was like no you cannot do that to your friend I know Yeah you I didn't like it either it they look so droopy and mopey I don't it could have yeah. just been the still but they were just like Meow. it looked like they were yeah. melting <laughs> and I know Lumiere's a, mm-hmm. a candlestick but I mean they literally looked like they were melting <laughs> I, I thought they looked like a, an older video game. And I was like, yeah. what? Like, I just couldn't imagine Emma Watson walking into that shot. You know, like, it wasn't going <laughs> to look good at all with the human standing right next to it. I just hope that we're going to see something a little bit better than, than and this And I think soon. we're both hoping that on film it's going to play better than in a still. I was wondering if maybe when they're actually cutting the final film that their the color grade's going to be different than that still. Because right. they're going to have to do a different color grade when Emma Watson's, you know, a real person with yeah. a fake candlestick. And they'll probably, I don't know, hopefully make it merge a little better. Because you're right. I can't picture her talking to those characters yeah. on screen. They they just don't look like they're in a real world whatsoever. And and maybe what we were what talking want. about. I, yeah, I mean, that's that's what modern, like, Hollywood movies seem to be wanting these days. And I don't understand it at all. There's a great um, video essay on YouTube about the the turning point of when CGI became bad, oh. and and when people didn't start believing in it. And it's basically like right after the Lord of the Rings movies, and it's because people stopped like trying to make it look like real stuff in a real place, and they started giving it so much like color and style, yeah. and 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 you're like, no, no, Emma Watson's not standing in a castle. Like that's <laughs> not. That's a total. That's a total lie. That is a visual effect, and you know it's just hard not to think about it. Wait. So are you saying that it's too real looking, or they make it not real looking? They've they've actually pushed it so far that it doesn't matter how much work they put into the graphics. It just doesn't look real. It's because of the way they color it. It's because of the way that. I think that's what we want, though, as an audience. I'm going to be honest. You know, I don't. I think deep down we we know that we're watching a movie. We know we're watching a story. And we're almost watching it to get away from real life. And we kind of want it to be a little detached from the real world. Right. At least but when we're the, seeing those types of movies. Obviously, if you're seeing like a drama yeah. in Manhattan, you want to see Manhattan. You don't want to see a castle. Right. But right. I think that's why the, the the visual effects in Mad Max are very much like a callback to to that style. And I think that's why people, like a lot of people assumed there were like... A handful of visual effects in Mad Max. Like people did not know how many visual effects were in right. there. Right, because it was so good. Because it looked, it looked like they, like all of these cars were exploding, and <laughs> roaming like through the desert, like in real life, like they were actually happening. IRL, and yeah, IRL, <laughs> Mad Max I- IRL, in real life, for those older but, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping that the color grade changes and it looks different when it's in motion. I'm that sure was one it'll of the... they've had the longest post production I've ever seen. Well, yeah, that's that's they've what been I was going to say. For like a year already, I think. Yeah, and, so and, it and better when we be talked good. about when we talked Those... about when the teaser came out, we were talking about like, I mean, this movie's got to look slick because they are putting so much time into the post, and then this still came out, and I was like, or they Ooh. really don't give a shit about the movie at all, you know? 
I think they finished <laughs> last like, August. If I remember correctly, it was August that they stopped that filming. Sound, it sounds of last somewhat year. right. Yeah, I, I have. That's I can't a year remember. and a half because it comes out in March, I think. They just need to retouch the entire movie. What you were saying about the color grade reminded me a lot of The Hobbit, because yeah. The Hobbit was something where you could tell that they adjusted the color grade a lot, like as production stills came out, as trailers came out, from movie to movie even, like the first movie and the second movie look entirely different, and I think it was all that blowback. So I'm hoping that other people have the reaction that we do. I think a lot of people are going to like it, because it's, it's Beauty and the Beast. We've been, I feel like people right. have been waiting for this remake for a long time. They're probably just excited to see it. Um, That's, it's one of the best Disney movies, and you've definitely, you've definitely put your foot on a trap, and it will either spring or you'll get past, you know, like... Right making this movie like are you actually going to pull it off are you going to justify making it that was my whole thing that's my whole thing with all of the disney adaptations right now though like can you justify why you made it when i watch it they're doing james and the giant peach i saw that are they yes so i'm excited about that movie i I know it turns out good i know that's um, who knows maybe it'll not get greenlit but i thought it you know maybe it'll fall away the um the guy who directed James and the Giant Peach, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's the one who started uh, Leica. Leica is the company that did Paranorman, Coraline, Box Trolls, oh. Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. Oh, Fun it definitely fact, has right? that feel. Oh, because they, they did, um what's it called? Stop Motion, right? Exactly, yeah. For all he also the... directed Nightmare Before Christmas. Whoa. Yeah. He's he, a he star. Was just, he's one of Take the people that helped bow. found the company. So, enough ranting. On to the good thing. Uh, Stranger Things season two has been confirmed. It was not. Bow, con- if bow, bow. I don't, <laughs> if that you was didn't not know, theme song. no. <laughs> if you didn't know, to anyone listening, that they still hadn't been confirmed for a second season, they were not confirmed. So they just got confirmed, and the teaser is awesome. It is really. So- I, w- I was a downer Debbie until I watched it for the second time. Debbie Downer, don't be a dyslexic. I have problems. <laughs> I problems I have. Okay. Don't be Yoda. No, it is really good. It go for it. <laughs> we can we can tweet it out <laughs> after this it. just um. in case. <laughs> just, just in case um nobody has uh seen it, we can tweet it out like at yeah. some point this week. It's what is it? You're like watching the opening title sequence. And yep. they're showing you all of the episode titles for the next season. Then, it's it's a bold move, which we were it talking about. It is a about. super it's bold a, mood. Yeah, bold move, not mood. <laughs> it's a bold mood you got there. The uh, and then and then it says, what does it say? We'll see you in the fall of nine, 1984 or coming uh, in the fall of 1984. Oh. It says coming in the fall of 1984, which was also so good. I thought that that was a super clever move. And and then it replaced the Stranger Things font whenever the title pops up at the end with season two, which uh, I don't know if phonetic is the word, but grammatically would probably be the better word. Works really well as a replacement. So it like, yeah, I mean, stylistically and cleverness and the boldness of it. I thought that it was it was very well thought out and it did a lot without doing, you know, without having anything. You know, they, they right. just got approved. Obviously, they have no footage because they have exactly. They only and have they were just like, boom. Here you go. You have what we have. Not true, but here's something. Yeah, in in a, in true, in, not in truth. Uh, in essence, though, you're you're kind of right. It kind of feels it kind of feels like that. Like we're right there on the the cutting edge of the second season. And I wonder if it's almost like you know, 
at, they were probably so appreciative of how many people tuned in that they're like, we're going to give you something to look forward to instead of just mm-hmm. saying, you know, season two is coming in 2017. They're saying, you know what? We appreciate you. So here's a little something for you, you know? Right. And, and a little usually, macaroon, a little chocolate macaroon. <laughs> when you usually watch these things for TV shows, it's usually like coming next year. And then it's the title, you know, like it doesn't, it does not and, do anything yeah. for you. But I feel like this was a really well thought out way to use very little to say a lot. And I liked <laughs> it. What if they were just like, what should we do? And they're like, I don't know. You just want to like put the episode titles. Okay. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> someone will freak out about it and think that we're super geniuses. It's us! We're freaking out! Yeah, exactly. All right, it, moving on it. to emails. So, first off, Andrew emailed us, what was this, a few weeks ago? It was a few ago? weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, thank you for your email, Andrew. Yeah. He's he's reading Big Magic right now, too, so that's really cool. He kind of related it back to passion because we were talking a lot about, you know, the type of things that that give you energy through life whenever he sent this uh, this email. So that was like two episodes ago or, or three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I do want to read this one part of his email that I think is important for people our age to, uh, to hear. Uh, so here it goes. I feel like a lot of our generation believes in this notion that we need to go and get a degree in our passion and then a job in that field will be waiting for us when we graduate. This is a generalization, but I think as a majority that uh, there's a, there is this stigma we have in our minds that it is somehow dishonorable to work somewhere for the sake of making ends meet. We place so much emphasis on what it is we do for a living. I think you, you both have touched on that topic at one point. If you have to be a waiter, bartender, Uber driver, etc., in order to make ends meet while you pursue these passions, then I say good on you for doing what it takes to follow that dream. I just hope that, as a generation, we don't settle into these jobs that make ends meet and get stuck in that place. As John said, I'm afraid it's only going to become more difficult for the coming generations. Which is why I think it's very important that we show how much it doesn't matter whatever you're doing to make ends meet and you don't let it keep you down because we we are the face for the next generation and they're the face for the next generation. I think it is kind of changing with our generation. Only because, especially in the age of YouTube and all of these different online things now, a lot of kids our age do the YouTube thing. They're not getting their degrees. You know, they're not going to school. They're really just focusing on this new age of careers and making money and knowing that experience is better than degrees when it comes to certain things. And you may even agree when it comes to film it's almost better to get more experience than to continue on with, you know, probably further education. I'm sure the, your bachelor's education was probably super beneficial, but I'm sure that there's more graduate or doctorate classes you could take in film, but you'd probably learn more from experience. Right. And I'm a huge advocate. I've, I've said this to so many people. I think I've said it to you many times, but if you don't think you're supposed to go to college, then do not go to college. There, It's an overloaded world, and it doesn't mean a lot, especially if you know what you're going to do and you don't need yeah, it. Like it, it really depends, honestly. Ex- if you're going to exactly. do an arts, a thing in the arts, I would say you could definitely not go to college. Right. But honestly, and come, with and anything you were, else, you really need a degree, unfortunately. It's that piece of well, paper, which sucks, but... 
it really like I mean it really does depend what you want to do there's a lot of things that people want to do now that they didn't need a degree for but yeah you know what you were saying about film and and any art I think you really really have to be tuned in to know whether you're supposed to be there or not I felt like I was supposed to go to school for film and I don't think that it's the same for everybody and I don't regret going to school for film like I I don't because we met each other Hey. Yeah, exactly. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, reg- I don't regret going, but I know a lot of people do regret going, and I think that that's a that's a matter of really staying staying tuned into what you want and what you're going to do when you get out, and how much you know coming in, all of these factors, and being brave enough to make a call with your life, because you know, as much as I as as much as the world makes us feel like it you know you are an adult when you're 18 so you make an adult mm-hmm. decision you know like there's also the there's also the stigma of like well you don't want to screw up you know you don't want to make a mistake and i mean keep making mistakes if, if you want to quit college for a year and you realize i should have stayed in school who cares go back to school i don't there's there's this like there's this freakiness to it like oh i should, I, I decided to go to college i should stay because i said i would go and I mean, like, you're a human being. Your mind changes and your desires change. Mm-hmm. Just just follow it and, and follow, you know, the instinct of what you want to do. And also, while you're doing that, like Andrew said, do not let it bother you that, like, there's nothing wrong with doing something for ends meet. And that's something that right. our parents... It's honorable. Are, ex- exactly. That That's like the World War II generation to some degree, like... They didn't care what they did. They wanted to make money to to stabilize their family and to stabilize their lives. And I think we need to keep that spirit. But going along with what you said also, something new about this generation is that you can easily pursue anything that you're passionate about. Not like in a way in a way that no one has ever been able to do in history. You want to do a podcast like we did, you start a podcast. I think go, the go sad part is that the only reason people don't really want to go to college is because they know that you're going to rack in all this debt in order to get something that you may not end up using because i feel like if college was free like it is in other countries overseas we would easier make the decision to spend those years gaining that you know academic experience and also hands-on experience and we're more willing to kind of take that time to get that degree than if we are now where you go and you rack up $100,000 in debt. This makes me this makes me want to jump right into the second email. That was a Perfect. very that was very well handled, John. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to read our our second email for this week and this is from Grant and Grant's been keeping a lot of contact with us over the past like week and it's been a lot He's of fun. He's been keeping me so. humble. <laughs> yes. <He has. laughs> He's been he's been bashing John over over not liking older movies. But it's okay. It's all in good fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, so here's here's Grant's email. I've been following Dave Ramsey's teaching and listening to his podcast nearly every day for the last year. I don't know if you know about Dave Ramsey, but he's an author, radio host, and teacher who has helped thousands, if not millions, get out of debt. He teaches people to go through what he calls the baby steps to get out of the debt and grow wealth so later you can live and give like no one else. He bases his teachings off the Bible and what God and your grandma have to say about money. I love that. Now to my question. I left HU, which is where me and John went to school. That's how we know Grant. 
with around $56,000 in student loans, mm. not counting my parents' Parent Plus loans. I have been pushing to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Putting an extra 6000 plus this year on my student loans on top of my minimum monthly payments. That's on top amazing. of that, yeah, he's, he's crushing it. On top of that, I bought a $5,000 car in cash because of his teachings and am living debt-free. His being Dave Ramsey. He says he thinks about his debt every day and he listens Mm. to Dave Ramsey to keep himself motivated. Mm. He says, I've encouraged others to look into uh, and get a hold of their finances. And he says he gets very excited to talk to others about this, which is great. I think it's a really great uh, talking point. I was wondering if you guys have experienced similar and how are you dealing with debt? How do you budget if you do? Do you think about Dave Ramsey credit cards, student loans, and then in parentheses he says student loans are an epidemic of sorts Mm -hmm. that needs to be understood by our generation. Frankly, I wish they weren't allowed. And finally, what God says about money and how we should live our lives financially. I would love to hear your thoughts about this. So that did translate, or not translate, but uh, segue really well from what you were saying. What, What do you have to say, John? Um, well, in regards to Dave Ramsey, I've heard a lot of people that have learned a ton from him. So, I mean, as mm-hmm. I think he's doing amazing things, I mean, clearly he's done amazing things for you. And I even think, you know, a one su- success story with that is amazing because putting $6,000 on top of student loan payment is incredible. So good for you on that one. Finances are so, so tough because it's one of those topics. It's probably one of the only topics where you need to plan for the future and in a world where we very much are trying to like stay in the now and being like, don't focus on the future. Don't worry about the past. This is one of those topics where you have to think about, you have to plan for the future because otherwise things may fall apart. And so um, it's very important to make sure that you have your finances in place. And I guess I, I always feel bad saying this, but I don't have any college debt. So I feel like I can't speak to that. And I feel like it would be annoying for me to even try to give advice on that because I would hate someone to give me advice on that if they didn't have debt. So maybe you can speak on the college debt portion. Well, John, I don't have college debt either. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And going back to what we were saying uh, two episodes ago, like I don't speak I don't speak from the experience of debt, but I, I know what is what is best, you know, for budgetary uh, concerns, and I cannot advise people on budgetary concerns because I do not follow them closely or well enough to be able to do it. So it's not it's not because I don't have debt that I can't speak to it, but it's because I do not I do not take extreme care of my finances. Sure. And you know I'll be I'll be completely honest. I do not budget. I I very much. I live bare minimum, so I try to spend the least amount as I possibly can, and I like, I basically think of it as, okay, I I use about this much each week to do, like, uh, some funner stuff, and, and I usually try to keep that number around the same amount, and I try not to spend a lot, but, I mean, reading Grant's email encouraged me a lot to, to really take notice of it all, and to write it all down, and I am going to look into Dave Ramsey's uh, teaching a little bit and see if it's something that that I should do. 
because like you were saying it is it's a future based thing and something that a lot of a lot of uh friends and other peers of mine have uh pointed out that your life can change so dramatically and you can you can easily think at this moment like you have enough money to get you through each month and you're doing great mm-hmm. and it can all change so fast and i realize that and i do need to i do need to start thinking about you know budget in a way that is that is concrete and not well i i only did this many like things that were sort of just extra spending this month you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that's not that's vague it's devastating when i hear about other people's debt mm-hmm. i i totally agree with uh, the fact that student loans are an epidemic and and you voice that you agreed with it too but i mean it's it's the it's the u.s government that does it like mm-hmm. but the the problem here's where i don't agree with you and where i don't agree with bernie i don't think that the government should pay for our school at all like i i think that people should have to to pay for their school but it would not be the the costs right now are outrageous because of the government the the government is allowed to jack up these prices on the colleges and the colleges are just like okay we will we'll jack them up you know like we'll we'll make the or I, I guess it's better to say like the the government is offering bigger loans and the colleges are saying okay well we'll bump the tuition up and then all of the students are getting their loans so it's not like the college rates are dropping because the government is not only the one bumping them up they're the ones giving them and the government's not going to turn down a loan if you ask for like twenty thousand dollars the government's like okay here's twenty thousand dollars you better pay it back to us and and they, they will keep jacking those loans up and keep making money off of you know the young the youth of america and the colleges will keep saying like well if they're offering bigger loans we can we can put the the uh tuition up and and all the students will keep getting the loans and they'll keep getting bigger loans every year and having to pay them off the only way to drop the price of college is for call or is for the government to say we're not offering those loans anymore and to just like drop the the price down on how big the loans is they offer or cut them out altogether because then students will not be able to afford to go to college and then colleges will go okay the student rate's dropping. The tuition has to drop because there is no way for these students to pay for themselves to go to college because they cannot get these massive loans. And when the tuition drops, the students can go to college again. And it's not like an outrageous investment to go to college, you know? Like, we get it back down to, like, the prices decades and decades ago. But that's that's just how I feel. That's the only thing I can see that, that makes college cheap again. I mean, I, I do think there's some merit to the idea that you need to put something forth in order to kind of care about what you're doing. Exactly. And I do get that, but it's it's too much right now. I mean, there's no reason that a 22-year-old should have $100,000 in debt. No, and I agree. There it's it's it should be literally illegal. No, it's it's Especially outrageous. Especially when we live in a society where you do have to have a degree a lot of times in order to get a job if you're not in the arts. Or, I don't know, other type of thing. I well, I do wonder that, <laughs> as as you should, I think it's a it's a freaking travesty. The last thing I really wanted to hit on with Grant's email was kind of what it's, he asked what the Bible says about it. Um, oh, good and, point. Yep. And I actually, I did look it up a bit. And I think to preface it, 
this kind of goes back to a lot of the things I talk about when it comes to the Bible. I think that looking at the Bible for a detailed idea of how you should do your finances today, I think is kind of very silly only because the Bible was written in a time where money was very different than it looks now. Mm. But I don't think that that means that we shouldn't look to the Bible for the different messages that it says about finances. I think it has great messages about Mm -hmm. how to deal with money and finances and things like, um, you know, not having too much debt, or I think really the Bible's like, don't have debt at all. Um, but in our society, it's just not plausible um, to be responsible with your money. Yeah. Like what Grant is doing, you know, putting, if you have extra money to really try to decrease the debts as soon as possible. Um, obviously the Bible talks about giving to others. And I think that's And that's also, one thing he mentions in his email too. He's like, by, by more appropriately, you know, working with your finances, you can be a giver. And you should right. be a giver. Exactly. And I think the last one, the last thing that the Bible talks about is don't be greedy. And I think those are like amazing mm-hmm. messages. And I think we can totally learn from those. And I'm not putting down the Bible in that way. But I think, you know, if we're, if I think we can't just be like, what does the Bible say I should do with my money? Because I don't know if it really has a direct literal answer for you. And, and you know, like perhaps it doesn't, but I still think like everything that you're saying all of the places in the Bible that elaborate on that, I mean, that's like an immense resource for from a book that people hold to high regard, you know? Yeah, like, and they're, they're not a book bad that things stand to the uphold, test of time. you know? Something else that I really love about uh, the New Testament regarding finances is uh, that story that Jesus tells about the guys who invest their money and the guys who use their money to go further. Because I think that Jesus takes it to the next level where he's... He says, Jesus um, always takes it to the next level. He's like, DJ. Oh, that he do. Hit that the he base. do. <laughs> he, he, because that story, one guy's given like three shekels, another guy's given two shekels, another guy's given one shekel. And I'm going to butcher this story. Maybe I can, I can like add it somewhere to the podcast so people who haven't, who don't know it can go look it up. But basically, um, the guy with, with the three, he, he makes an investment and he he uh gets this amount of money back you know like he makes this profit a a sizable profit and uh the guy who gives them the shekels you know he comes back after several years and he's like okay good job and then the guy who invested too he makes somewhat of a profit and and he's like still good job and then the guy who had one was like i panicked and i buried it i didn't know what to do with it and he's like you're the worst human being alive you know He's like, what the, why did I give you any money? And I think that that's another uh, virtue with your finances is to also, I mean, I, exactly. I mean, live liberated. You're not contained by your money. And that's, a lot of that comes down to greed. That's a, I think that that behavior from the one Sheckler guy is related to greed where he was like panicky because of the, the mindset, because of what people what people think about what it means to have little money, you know? And I think that there is, there's always something that you can do with your money. And Grant right. in his email, he talks a little bit about his, his finances. You know, he's not, I mean, he's our age. He's making what kids our age make. He's making what a young adult our age makes. And he's doing everything that he can with his money. He's a he rock star. He is doing it in an incredibly yeah, positive way. Yeah, he's a rock star. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that, that story you know that proverb or parable 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 i love parable and her sister annabelle I, oh that yeah was terrible. i was like what name does that sound like 
That was terrible, though. Thank Stop. You. God bless you and your family. But, but I think that that's that's another one of those virtues that that plays really well into the, this discussion. There's like two sides of it where it's it's very important to take care of your money. It's very important to live for the future and to really to really discipline yourself. But it's also important to live liberated and free and and to not be held down by massive debt to not be mm. held down by what the little money that you make you know like it's important to to really to do what you can with what you have like that's a very Im- important element of the human spirit you know that's that's what legends are built on right there preach i knew you were gonna say that so let's change the world guys yeah we are the world we are the world that was an Aerosmith version of We Are the World, everyone. And next up, we have... Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I'm glad you got it. <clears throat> well, Grant, first of all, thanks for the email. Yeah, um, thank you, Grant and Andrew. Yes. And we hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I thought Math's story was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, you, As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at hello Nadu. Um, we're going to be posting a few things this week in regards to like stranger things and other things. So be, be ready. Yeah. Check out the Twitters. Yeah. The Twitters. Hey, keep tweeting at us movies too, to watch. We didn't talk about one yes. this week, but next week we will be talking. Yeah, we weren't, we will we weren't have expecting Mathis to be here. So that's why we didn't watch one. Um, yeah. Surprise. Surprise. I'm back. Um, you can send us an email to our hello and email. H E L L O A N D A D I U at gmail.com and always uh rate uh, always and as always you can rate subscribe and review us on itunes yes all of that thank you so much for listening thanks to guys. this week's episode we'll see you next week bye adieu oh adieu dang it <laughs>